Good morning. That was really good. Right out of the gate. Sunday morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out God's love and we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, I want to welcome Ruth Freeman as our guest uh, director of music this morning. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for serving. And you got an amazing smile. Uh, other announcements are in our order of worship here. We got we got a congregational meeting right after this service, and it's to nominate the nominating committee. Um, next Sunday is Pentecost, which is the church's birthday. It's also redemption of culture. And uh, what else is there? It's also Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend, so we'll be remembering our brothers and sisters who laid down their lives to keep our freedoms. Um, so it's in our thingamabobby. Wear red. Wear red. Does everybody remember that? Church color. Wear red. Um, we need some stuff for Operation Christmas Child. And I think maybe some other stuff. Is there anything else? Oh, keep praying for session. Uh, session was meeting this Tuesday. And we're finalizing, actually, we're finalizing the vision thing, our vision page. And so pray for us. Um, we need it, right? Do you need prayer? Amen. Me too. Let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And since there's colds and stuff going around, just give the holy fist bump. Those who are able, please remain standing. I'm going to call us to worship using the Passion Translation of Psalm 68. The end of it. I can't even read the verses because it's so small, the numbers. But make music for the one who strides the ancient skies. Listen to his thunderous voice of might split open the heavens. Give it up for God, for he alone has all the strength and all the power. Proclaim his majesty, for his glory shines down on Israel. His mighty strength soars in the clouds of gray. God, we are consumed with awe, trembling before you as your glory streams from your holy place. The God of power shares his mighty strength with his people. Let's, let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
waters and sky. The heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord our God, God of wonders beyond our galaxy.
I'm really glad I got to meet you, and uh, thanks for interviewing with us. Have you been going to a lot of interviews? I have, and thank you for your time, and thank you for the interview. You're welcome. Uh, we are ready to make you an offer now. And, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Hang on a second. All right, that's better. There you go. Wow. 100 million. Yeah, 100 million. That's a very big number. I don't quite understand. Is that, do I get that every year or every month? No, no, it's all at once. It's, it's everything just right up front. For, for the whole lifetime of this job? Yeah, your whole lifetime, in fact. Wow. So do you want to start right now? Uh, well, I kind of have a thing going on later this afternoon. I was I was just assuming I would start on Monday. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. Um, sure, Monday or, you know, Sunday. Sunday's a big day for us. Okay. Now, what if I get sick? Do I have to give this big check back to you? Come to think of it, what if I just don't come at all next week, but I really get into it the week after? Will it be a smaller number on the check? Oh, no. Like I said, these checks were written a long time ago. No, it's the same, it's the same number. What, what if I start in a month? What, what, what if I have to take, like, a year off? Oh, well, we would sure miss you. Uh, but to tell you the truth, there are some people who do kind of a slow start where... Uh, you, they're not full-time at first, and they're just kind of getting to know us. Okay. So this position I applied for, what if it turns out I don't really like that work? Oh, well, we've got all kinds of jobs here. I mean, uh, let's see, you don't have to assemble widgets. You could design new kinds of widgets, or, uh, you know, you could test the widgets. You could be part of the destructive widget test team. They're always throwing things off the roof. It seems like a lot of fun. Um, you know, do you do you like to cook? Uh, we've got a cafeteria here, and we're known for our casseroles. You could you could uh, work there, or or you could work here in HR with me. Do you know how fun it is to hand out big checks like this? Um, I can imagine. It strikes me that uh, other places I was applying to wanted to pay me for doing hard work, and then, like, if I said something dumb on Twitter, they would probably find me. Oh, you're thinking of karma. They're over by the airport. Yeah, I applied there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't work that way here. This is uh, just unconditional, one big check, all at the beginning. 
Wow. Why so much? It's actually enough to start a whole legacy. This could provide a lot for your whole household. And if your kids want to work here too, that'll be great. You could do this for many generations and you won't even be able to imagine the impact that will have. And it all starts here with this. Now, I've got this friend who uh, says he works here, but he, he only works here like one or two days out of the year. Well, yeah, we do have a lot of those. We wish everybody would come in every day. We think they'd love it. But the paycheck's the same, and everybody gets a corner office. Really? Yep. All right. That's the way it is here. I don't mean to offend, but it sounds too easy. Do people get anything done here? Well, I think you can admit this decision is easy. But the faith can be difficult, and obedience can be a challenge. Whether or not you work hard is up to you, and the, the paycheck isn't contingent on that. If you do one good deed, your reward is usually to be set to do another and harder and a better one. Like I said, nobody's required to do hard work to get this paycheck. But there are people here who give their lives for this place. Some of them all at once. Some of them little by little. But the ones that do, I think they're the most joyful. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to try it, and I'll be here Sunday. But this check doesn't seem like compensation. It seems like it's a free gift. Yeah, that's what we call it. Thanks for coming. Thank you for See you Sunday. Me. See you Sunday. All right. Thank you, Steve and Simon. What an important message. And students and um, kids are... Go on to your program. Go have some fun. We come before God this morning not as despised sinners, but as his beloved children. And with confidence as God's beloved children, let us humbly confess together our transgressions. Together, for failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us. For plundering the earth and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strange to us and ignoring those in need, God of grace, forgive us. For losing heart and abandoning hope, God of grace, forgive us. For all the ways we turn from you, God of grace, forgive us. We offer our prayers in the name of the one who saves us, Jesus Christ. Amen. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and forgives us, and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. 
As children of God, we are forgiven. Go and sin no more.
Amen. How great is our God. Thank you, Ruth, and thank you, choir. It's so good to have you back. Uh, this is our finale, season finale of, uh, what's the first Peter? Um, good to see some folk. I, this is the, have I said I love you guys in a little bit? I can say it again. Yeah, I'm glad that, uh, I don't know, but I'm glad to be a part of this people. Um, 2017, a guy named N.T. Wright, British dude, he wrote a book called The Day the Revolution Began. And in that book, he asked a question that me as a follower of Jesus, and at that point, a pastor had never asked and never even thought to ask. And being the son of a nuclear engineer guy who worked for the government and all these things, and every single time he was asked, like, what do you do? My dad would say, they pay me to ask the right question. Uh, And this question brought a new side of the gospel alive that I missed. And the question was, if the atonement of sin for the individual is the primary reason for the cross, why didn't it happen on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, why did it happen over Passover? Does everybody follow that? Um, as, as you start looking at it, the reformers, by necessity, made it all about a personal atonement for sin because they were reforming the church and that's a huge thing to overlook and praise Jesus for the reformers. Let's pause and say that, right? Amen. But in doing so, they eclipsed this other side of what happened on Resurrection Sunday. Because what's the Passover about? Passover is the celebration of God saving his people from slavery in Egypt, right? It happens on Passover because along with paying for our sins, along with this declaring that we're new creations, he takes our sin, goes to the grave with it, rises as a resurrected Christ, raising us with them, all on an individual basis. That's all true. But along with that, the first Exodus event was freeing the people of God who were then the specific people of God, the Jews, from slavery in Egypt. Jesus at the Passover meal, which will celebrate in a couple weeks. We'll, we'll do the communion. He redefines that Passover meal and says, this is no longer just a Jewish table. This is a table for anyone who claims me as Lord. And it's no longer a table celebrating a freedom from slavery in the past 
out of Egypt, but it's a freedom from slavery for anyone who declares me as Lord from the kingdom of this world into my kingdom. We're set free from sin and we're set free from death. So we are a second exodus people. And everyone here is probably tired of me saying this. <laughs> I just look at it and like, yeah, didn't he say that last week? Yes, he did. I'm just saying that for those of us that are new, and there's a couple of us that haven't, weren't around, and it's all... How old was I in 2017? I'm 48. Math majors, go. I was 42. I went 42 years from never hearing it. So I'm going to say it a little more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that big of a truth. It's that big of a missing piece to this Christian adventure that we're on. We need to be like we need to learn or relearn this cuz we have this missing gaping hole. Not know, like not seeing this blind spot that we are free. Absolutely, completely free. And then we picked up right after Easter. We've been in the Easter season since. And so we've been studying what does it mean? How does Peter, Jesus' best friend, say that we live as second Exodus people? Does anybody remember anything from the last couple weeks? Raise your hand and I'll, I'll say, shout it out. Malia, amen. I'm married to Malia and she's had to hear this more than everyone. Okay. You're sign languaging now? What, what is this? You want me to read the passage. She wants me to shut up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anybody teacher in here? Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> no, what are some things? We got to remember who we are. That's where he starts. We have to pray. We have to get in the word. Second Exodus people, study this book. When's the last time you studied? I'm tired of saying, hey, let's open your Bible when you're not in this room. We, it's a part of it. Sorry if it comes out as yelling, but it's passion and it's excitement and I'm fired up that you're here and we're about to finish this and he says some really important things. Glad you're here. Let's get to the scripture. Thank you, Malia Lynn McCandless-Griffiths. Okay. Here we go. This is 1 Peter. We're going to start in verse 12 of chapter 4. Beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's suffering, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Now I'm going to skip down to chapter 5, starting in verse 6. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray. God, I just thank you. Um, for your word. I thank you for your power. I pray that you would preach loudly through me. May my words be quickly forgotten. May your words penetrate the hardest of hearts, even my own. Change this forever. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. And by the way, this is the word of the Lord. Beloved, beloved, some of you, that's all you need to hear this morning. Maybe Malia needs to leave right now. (laughs) No, she's just, but she's not in her head because a lot of times I, as theologian Jason, skip over I think the most important parts because they're like interesting in my brain Peter's he's doing all this theology about talking about how Christ has set us free and what baptism's about he's, he's actually writing the first theology book of what it means to be a second exodus person and what it actually means to be baptized that's why the sermon last week was so long because there's some deep, deep stuff in here. And I get fired up about that. But then he turns these corners and he's the pastor. He's the old man that was best friends with Jesus. And he turns to his audience in his letters and he says, don't ever forget you were loved as is. There's a song by a band called The Violet Burning. It's called As I Am. I recommend you go look it up. He takes me as I am. Light of the world. I love that track. But just hear that loud and clear every man, woman, and child in this room right now. You are God's beloved. He loves you as is. Then he starts moving. He starts saying stuff. He says, don't be surprised. What are we not supposed to be surprised about? There's going to be suffering. There's been a thread all the way through this letter. It's never promised to be easy. Here's a pop quiz. Who has it easy? No one. I think a lot of times we misread this text and we, 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 we hear in it a call to suffer. You see suffering and you steer into it. That's not what Peter's saying. 
This isn't a call to suffering. What is it a call to? It's a call to have meaning made out of your suffering. It's a call to have your suffering, the things that come at everyone. Everyone in the world suffers. You ever seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Remember there's the raccoon thing that's talking and there's a Drax guy, he's all blue and buff and tattooed all over. And he's continually complaining about how he lost his wife and his child. And the raccoon says, the speaking raccoon, that's a, another sermon. But he, uh, he turns to Drax and he says, so your wife and your child died. Boo hoo hoo. Everyone, everyone has pain. Full stop sentence. Everyone has pain. Peter is speaking to us as Exodus people and saying, when the pain hits you, it means something different as a community. It's an invitation to look at this and get closer, use your pain to get closer to our suffering Savior. Our humble king, who not, he didn't consider it right for him to be next to his father, but instead emptied himself into the form of man and even more emptied himself even lower, dying. An eternal being, fully God, dying. Isn't that a contradiction in terms? No, it's a paradox. Two equally true things running forever next to each other. He is God. He is man. He is alive. He died. Peter says, Second Exodus people, don't be surprised, but I'll give you something to cling to. What's it where to cling to? The church. Capital C, which we'll celebrate tomorrow, the birth, or next week, the birthday of Pentecost. Everyone around the world that claims to be a second Exodus person, claiming Jesus as their Lord, is suffering with you. I got brothers and sisters with cancer out in Muskegon, Michigan. They're praying the same prayer Patty Ernest is praying, right? Maisie, Dick Isley died two weeks ago. His, his wife out in Muskegon, Susan, Susan Isley, is praying the same prayers you're saying. Why? Why did you take my husband? We're connected. That's what Peter says. He says, take heart. In fact, shout for joy because you know in the end, victory is on its way. And we just learned last week, victory on every level. Under the earth, on the earth, over the earth, fictional. Think of it and God conquered it through Jesus. We have victory. Then we skip over a section. It's interesting. 
Uh, we're reading out the lectionary text. Everybody know what the lectionary is? If you don't, look it up on the World Wide Web. Uh, there's churches all around the world studying this text. That's the primary gist of it. Why does it skip over? It skips over because actually what I'm about to say is a call to our session. Have you ever been to a wedding where you're like, the pastor pulls up the couple and says, I'm going to say some words to this couple, but you as a congregation, you can listen in? Have you ever heard that? Is that a thing? Okay, good. That's this text. The first text was to all of us. This next text is actually to the session, and I'm going to let everyone else listen in on it. Sorry about that. What does he say to our, what does Second Exodus leadership look like? Second Exodus leadership looks like humility. Do you hear that? Humility. Once again, it's an invitation. Lay down your pride. Serve one another. Wash each other's feet. Lower your opinion of yourself. And humility, like I I once have said, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less of yourself. Oh, it's thinking of yourself less often. Then he says, cast all your cares and your anxieties and your fears. Are there fear? Is there fear out there? Amongst leaders and non-leaders. This is a scary time. There's all kinds of things, wild things happening in our world around us. And I won't list them because I don't want this to be a depression fest. But I, 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 I was thinking, is, does he mean to cast like a net? And I looked at it in the Greek and he doesn't. Because you don't, ca- I guess they didn't cast nets. They laid them down. They put down nets. This is this, this is only used twice in the New Testament. This, I will look at the Greek word. Aperipsantes. Do you want to say that with me or no? Aperipsantes. Well, say it anyway. Aperipsantes. Aperipsantes. And the only other time is on Palm Sunday. They throw down the palms. They throw down their coats. Throw it away. You got your anxieties, you got your fears, throw it away. Throw it. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Hmm. 
Oh, and humble yourselves. As I was uh, preparing for this text, does anybody remember that song? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Let's do a call and response. Just because our mission statement is to worship Jesus, we should throw more worshiping in everything we do, right? I'll say it, you respond. Humble thyselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. We can sing that the rest of the day. Tim, settle down. <laughs> Get caught in that rut. Get caught in that rut of singing, Lord, bless of me more of you. And he says, keep alert. Keep alert. Because what, what's the text say? Why, why are we supposed to keep alert? The devil, the evil, the deceiver, the liar. The trickster. He's walking around like a roaring lion. I used to worship at Evie Free Fullerton, huge church, Chuck Swindoll's church. At the time, um, there was a guy on staff. I don't think he had any theological training. He was uh, actually the head zoologist for like 20 or 30 years before he started working at E.B. Free Fullerton. Gary Richmond, remember that guy? And he told this story because he was the um, head zoologist guy at L.A. Zoo. He told the story of when he went to visit on off hours. He went to visit, it wasn't a lion, but it was a tiger. And the... uh, the, the person, like the expert, was saying, do not take your eyes off of the tiger. Do not, because it was walking back and forth, just staring, just staring at him. And he's walking, and it's a zoo, so it's not completely level. So his eyes are like this. He trips, and he says, as I'm falling towards the ground, I look And the tiger has already jumped like 30 feet and grabs him with all four of his legs and starts rolling on the ground. It's a younger tiger. So the the guy in charge says, she's playing. (laughs) And Gary, he's getting rolled around by this tiger. And he says, it was by far the scariest time in my 20 or 30 years at the LA Zoo, because I felt in that tiger's arms, if that tiger wanted to, it could have just squeezed and broken every bone in my body. And I think of that every time. Peter, one of those threads that's running through is, there's gonna be suffering. One of those other threads is, this is a spiritual deal. The deceiver's real, and you're in a battle with him, and he's crafty. 
You need to stand firm and keep alert. And then he anchors it all with a return back to that same truth. What's that truth? That the God of all grace loves you. The God of all grace, you're his beloved. Love is kind of an overused word because I love pizza and then I love people, right? I like to use adore. He, he absolutely adores about it. He adores you. He thinks about you. He cares to the utmost degree about you, not just me, not to the person you right or left, you. You are God's beloved. And in the end, there's victory. That's what he clings to. Look, read, that, read that last text when you're at home. Read it over and over. Because there's just, there's these truths that we as second Exodus people, as free from this world people, as Easter people, need to get into our core. And that is what he ends this letter with is at the end of the game at the end of the time when the battles have all been fought you've, all, you've lost all that you're going to lose and you've won all that you're going to win you're going to sit down And you're going to go, wow, that was rough, (laughs) right? I don't know if that was worth it. I think that's honestly what I'm going to say. I don't know if any of that was worth it. But then Jesus himself, Jesus himself is going to walk up to you and tend to your wounds. Who in here remembers a time that you were really hurt as a kid? Or who's in here a time that you had a splinter? There's probably more of us, right? The splinter hurts, and you got that pain, but do you remember that sensation of your mom holding your hand and getting the tweezers and getting rid of that pain and then getting your chocolate milk. That's my specific story. Maybe you guys don't have the chocolate milk part. Just a reminder of applications. One of them, you're God's beloved. Don't ever leave this place or any place without realizing that truth. As is. You don't have to clean up. Peter, in God's word this morning, calls us as second Exodus people. When the pains start hitting,
give that pain meaning by using it as a bridge to connect with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And in the end, there's total victory. In the process, throw your anxieties straight at him. Resist being tricked by the evil one by being faithful, alert, and aware that there's an enemy. And in the end, there is total victory, comfort from Christ himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for setting us free from sin and death. We pray that as your people and by your spirit, we would realize these truths and live them out. Live every moment, live every day as your beloved. That we would stand firm in our faith that you are coming back. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Let's sing about what what a friend we have in Jesus. Please be seated. As we continue in worship, we continue to be called to offer more and more of ourselves. As I say that, I'm reflecting back on the message I just called us to. And that's me too. We're called into, into this. Life where the spiritual is more real than the physical, where we are casting all of our cares on this God that has promised he's going to take care of us in the end. So as we 
continue in worship during the offertory song. Allow God to work in those innermost parts of you. Maybe you just need to hear over and over, I am God's beloved. Well, for now, let's pause and praise God for how he takes care of us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for taking care of every one of our needs. We put our tithes and our offerings and our gifts before you, knowing they're just a small portion of what you've so richly, richly blessed us with. I pray that you would take them, use them, bring glory to your name through them. And all God's people said, Psalm 91, we read, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, 
for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. This psalm is a reflection of the message we just heard. When pain hits you, casting your cares all upon our Lord. And we just sang it in the hymn. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And so now we go before that God in a time of prayer. Join me. Almighty God, we offer our prayers today through Christ, who is risen from the dead, who lives and reigns forever and prays for us in heaven. Through Christ, we pray for the church. Let us be people of joy, living witnesses to the power of the resurrection and the good news of your grace and peace. We pray for our congregation here that we may reflect your love in all we do. We pray for those who will be elected today to serve on the nominating committee. We pray for you to open their eyes to the task at hand. We pray for members of the congregation to be open and willing to answer your call on them to serve. Through Christ, we pray for the nations. We continue to pray for the situation in Ukraine, the threats, the destruction of the country, and the devastation on the lives of the people. We pray for this land and its people. Give them the strength they need to continue this fight and give them the freedom to live as they desire. We pray for defeat of the Russian army. Through Christ, we pray for this community. We pray for the churches that they may reach out to the needs of this society, their faith journeys as well as their physical needs. Show us how to bring your love to those in need. May the ministries of this church touch and change lives beyond this building, for we never know when we might be entertaining angels unaware. Compassionate God, remember those who are ill or sorrowing, those who are concerned for dear ones, those who have difficult choices to make, especially those known to us whom we commend to you now. We pray for the Lindsay family and others who are grieving. We pray for our members who are ill with COVID and other viruses. We pray for all who are fighting serious health challenges. For Patty, for Buzz, for Kevin, for Jim. We pray for Carter and others going through testing. And we lift up Sandy Madsen's sister-in-law, Donna who has suffered a major stroke. May they know that nothing is able to separate them from your love in Jesus Christ. 
Enable us, O God, by the power of your Spirit, to live our lives in a way that is worthy of the gospel, to the glory of the name that is above all names, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand as we sing our final hymn, Joyful, Joyful, and sing it with joy. Many men, truly, truly. Everybody think, thanks. A round of applause, I guess. Ruth, thank you so much for leading our choir. Thanks, the choir is beautiful. Um, every once in a while at our house, the Griffiths household, there's a birthday, it's a big number, like a 40 or a 50 or something like that. And we declare it birthday month, which means, like, yeah, you get that. You get, I'll buy you that, you know, that kind of thing. This is Mother's Day month. I think this is a year that we need to celebrate our mothers and mother figures more than ever. And so, Karen, thanks for coming out here. Cat, uh, did you see Cat? That's amazing. A nine-month-old 
through a worship service without any screaming. What was that? That was, a, that was textbook. That was phenomenal. Make sure Kat knows that she's appreciated and loved here. She grew up here and she's home. Um, once again, my wife outdoes me. As I'm sitting down, she wrote this. Um, Throw down my worries so that Christ can walk on them. She's the English major, Cal English major over there. But I, that sparked something in me. Peter was there. Peter was there on that Palm Sunday. So it quite possibly he was thinking that same exact thing. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. He'll walk straight over them. He's bigger than them. Receive this benediction, and then we're going to have a congregational meeting right after the postlude. So just sit down, enjoy the postlude, and if you're not a member, you can slip out. But it's going to be brief but amazing, I promise. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your minds. Today, tomorrow, forevermore, may it be so. Amen.